Hello, you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk. And you know what? Speaking of true daughters, my true daughter is sleeping upstairs as we record this, so let's hope that she plays along and allows us to get this recording in. What do you say, girl? What do you say? But with that said, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And I've noticed in the last few days, a lot of Missouri beat riders are starting to delve into depth charts, position battles, important spots on the team, all that good stuff. Basically previewing the roster, the freshmen, everything you can imagine there. And well, to be honest, I'll get there too. You'll have my takes as well. But quite frankly, with the official start of practice still about two weeks away, and also a lot of good reason to believe that, well, we may have that date pushed back, maybe even the entire season pushed back, possibly a month, maybe more. Who knows? None of us know at this point. Well, quite honestly, I'm not ready to go there yet. So instead, we're going to get back into my 2012 Missouri basketball recap because you know what? I'm really enjoying the crap out of reliving this season. Just one of my favorite teams of all time, and I think you will certainly agree with that. And you know what? With four full games on YouTube from this season, well, you've already covered, we, we've already covered two of them on this program. And of course, that's the Bragging Rights game from actually December of 2011. Then the previous episode from Friday's recording, the game in Columbia against Kansas, Missouri Arena, the classic 74-71 win over the Jayhawks. But also, of course, I want to fill in all the gaps between these classic games as well. And again, following that thrilling comeback victory over Kansas to take over first place with the tiebreaker over the Jayhawks and the Baylor Bears, well, Oklahoma, the next game, set up as a classic letdown game. Missouri had just two days off here. And a road team, obviously, anytime you're playing on the road in conference, a tricky game. And also, frankly, the psychological aspect of the fact that the Tigers just absolutely bludgeoned the Sooners by 38 points in Columbia during the first game of this Big 12 campaign. But OU, as you might expect, gave Missouri a really good shot. They shot the ball really well, in fact, but ultimately came up short. Steven Fledger, you might remember that name. He missed a three-pointer at the buzzer that could have tied the game. But you know what? Honestly, part of the reason Oklahoma shot so well in this ball game is that the Tigers were, to be quite brutally honest, lazy defensively to start this game. The rotations just weren't there, and In some ways, they look like an overconfident bunch at the start of this game. And also an interesting thing to note, the first matchup, the Tigers win, again, huge. They won the rebound battle by seven. Well, in this game, they lost the rebound battle by seven. And honestly, that's, again, I was talking about how slow they were on rotations at times here, especially early in the game. That's as much about being a step slow defensively as the size, in my humble opinion. 
Because anytime you break down a defense, that's going to lead to more offensive rebounds simply because of bad defensive positioning. But, well, fortunately, again, Missouri hangs on despite, again, a good shooting night from Oklahoma, losing the rebound battle. But Marcus Denman, 25 points, keeping his hot streak going, and Missouri stays in first place. Now, the good thing about the quick turnaround for the Tigers after the Kansas game against Oklahoma in Norman, is that their next game, and a very important game against the Baylor Bears, well, they had a few more days to rest. But in the first half, you wouldn't have necessarily known that because Baylor's size was definitely overwhelming Mizzou. In that first half, the Bears had 12 offensive rebounds to none for Mizzou, And yet, in spite of that fact, about four minutes into the second half, the Bears still couldn't grab a lead. It was 38-37 with, again, about 16 minutes left, and just suddenly one of those classic Missouri offensive barrages from this season would unfurl itself. Five three-pointers and a transition dunk for Steve Moore in six possessions for a total of 17 points. And, again, just six trips up down the court a one-point lead balloons into a 55-41 Mizzou lead and that was your ball game for all intents and purposes that was really the knockout punch and you know we've talked about how Perry Jones struggled against Missouri well he went two for 12 in this game I'd say that qualifies but you know Ricardo Ratliff didn't have the best game here as well and this was kind of in a stretch a few game stretch here where it really seemed like Ricardo couldn't buy not only a bucket at times, but also a whistle, just sort of a frustrating period for him. But, you know, I think another reason in retrospect that Missouri matched up well with this Baylor team is that Phil Pressey's speed, you know, just he really had a knock, a knack, I should say, for bothering Pierre Jackson defensively. So definitely give Phil Pressey's defense some credit there. Ultimately, Missouri wins the game 72 to 57 and quite frankly a really impressive game for the Tigers over a good Baylor team without a doubt definitely a game that was not as close as I think most of us expected coming in and coming up I want to tell you guys all about another potential revenge game for the Missouri, for the Missouri Tigers as they would take on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, yes, there we go. I almost said Wildcats. Boy, it's been a while since we've been in the Big 12. Excuse me, the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I saved it there at the end. So did Missouri get revenge? Do you remember? Well, we'll find out after the break. But first, I do want to tell you guys all about rockauto.com. Hey, have you ever gone to a dealership or any kind of mechanic shop, what have you, and asked them, for a part, to fix something, whatever, and they tell you, oh, sorry, we don't have that part in stock. We'll have to order it for you. Well, guess what? If you're just going to order the part for me, I can order the part for myself at rockauto.com. And even better than that, you don't get the -the over-the-top third man needing his profit, so that brings prices down, and who doesn't love paying less for the same auto parts? So go to rockauto.com right now and find just about any part you could possibly imagine, just about any make and model on the planet. I mean, really, they've got vintage cars, 
current cars, just about anything you can imagine. So be sure to mention Locked On at checkout. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Hey, remember when the Oklahoma State Cowboys got really hot in still water and beat the Tigers, especially on the back of young fellow LeBron Nash? Well, so did the Tigers, apparently, because Mizzou led by 35 points in Columbia in the rematch of that game with seven minutes to play. And really, what more do you need to know? That's some high-quality revenge right there. Dixon, Michael Dixon, that is, of course, and Phil Pressey were both outstanding in this game offensively. And frankly, when both of those guys are clicking, Missouri is awfully tough to beat. Both guys tough to stop off the dribble, Dixon in particular. And again, when Pressey's right, just his decision-making just gets everybody else great shots. So when you got both your 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 pure point guard and your combo guard and Dixon going, well, that's a great formula and leads to a gigantic Missouri victory in Columbia. Now, Frank Haith in this first season managed to win in College Station, something that Mike Anderson, I don't believe, ever pulled off successfully. Correct me if I'm wrong there. I don't have that right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure my memory is is accurate there. And interestingly, the rematch in Columbia between A&M and Mizzou kind of followed a similar script as the Baylor game in Columbia because once again with give or take about 15 minutes left in the game it was close within a bucket or so Texas A&M was but once again just another blitzkrieg by Mizzou was just absolutely too much for the Aggies. Kim English had 21 points on 10 shots. Dixon with 15 and just 22 minutes off the bench and really maybe the more the most notable or possibly memorable part of this particular game was that following the game Kim English and Doug Gottlieb got into a bit of a Twitter argument about Steve Moore being accused of flopping against A&M and Kansas so kind of a weird back and forth then and an early an early showing of where Twitter was going to take us, where if you're in the media, yes, you can have your opinions, Mr. Talk Radio host. But guess what? The athletes can now fire back right at you quite directly. So an early version of that. We certainly know Kim English is not shy. So just to reset, now obviously a whole bunch of victories for Mizzou. Missouri now 25-2. and They've yet to lose since that Jayhawks game, so they are still tied with KU for first place, with Kansas State coming to town, who, while they've beaten Missouri earlier this season, Manhattan are losers of four of their last six at this point. So be interesting to see how that one plays out. And quite honestly, my daughter, I can see her on her video monitor right now attempting to crawl out of her crib. So you know what? I'm afraid we're going to have to pause this one for just a second. All right. I saved my daughter, everybody. Am I a good father or what? And is that some high-quality multitasking? Yeah, come on. 2020 girl dad of the year right here, everybody. But no, seriously, back to the Tigers. 
you know, again, Kansas State beat the Tigers really quite decisively in Manhattan. Boy, was Bramlage Coliseum an annoying place to play or what? It just seemed like those fans complained about almost literally every single call that went against their Wildcats. And boy, if it didn't affect the refs too, you can't say it wasn't a a good strategy, I suppose. But anyway, back to Columbia where once again, the Wildcats were taking advantage of their superior size and strength to build a 10-point lead at the half. You know, in the second, the Tigers cut the lead to as low as three, but Eventually, the Wildcats won by that 10-point margin that they had built in the first half. And, you know, sometimes, frankly, for as much as Kansas State deserved to win this game by taking advantage of, of certainly their advantages. That sounded like something Austin Powers might say. But Missouri just missed an unusual amount of open shots in this one. And, well, Kansas State, frankly, banked in some three-pointers, too, and you know, that's just basketball sometimes. That's the way the ball bounces, as the old cliche goes. And, you know, just to give K-State credit, I think for as much as Phil Pressey's quickness was a big advantage against Pierre Jackson and Baylor, I think Angel Rodriguez, his own quickness seemed to somewhat negate flips a little bit. Just a bad matchup overall for Mizzou once again. Now, of course, unfortunately, this would drop the Tigers to 25 and 3, one game now behind the Kansas Jayhawks, but you know what? Since Mizzou has already beaten the Hawks and they go to Lawrence for this next game, well, of course, if they if they beat them, guess guess who's back in the driver's seat in first place. So, a huge amount of stuff on the line, the final game in the border war of that year. Just really, you couldn't have higher stakes. You couldn't have more anticipation. And, well, quite honestly, Missouri, for as great as they've been in this season, and for the fact that they've beaten Kansas, they've still got to be considered the underdog and were considered the underdog back in 2012 in this game. It's just that hard to win in Lawrence. I think we all know that Fog Allen is one of the hardest places to play of all time. And, by golly, we'll certainly see evidence of that in my next recap involving this great team. And by the way, one more quick thought before I get out of here. This is kind of, this is more statistically oriented toward all of college basketball. We guys know that I like to check out the Ken Pomeroy statistics over at KenPom.com. And well, you can get all the advanced stats that he offers, the premium advanced stats, I should say, for about $20. I'd say that's worth it. And you can follow along with everything I'm talking about. But interesting, you go back and look at the 2012 Tigers here. And of course, there's the obvious designations, the the, the big three of home, away, and neutral site games. And as you might expect, the three games in the Big 12 tournament are considered, from this season, are considered neutral. But yet... Those games which were played in the Hearn Center, those three Big 12 games, while they were played in the Hearn Center, so are the games designated as semi-home games for Missouri by Ken Palm. Also, in the Sprint Center, Notre Dame and California, those two games. Why are those semi-home when the neutral site games at the Big 12 tournament 
were considered neutral. That doesn't actually make any sense because, quite honestly, I was at those quote-unquote neutral games in KC, especially once Kansas went out in the second round. There was hardly any Baylor fan. I mean, there were Baylor fans there, but they were 5-10% of the crowd at most for that championship game. To call that a neutral site game, I think is ridiculous. Those games were completely sold out when Missouri played, packed to the gills. Meanwhile, those earlier Notre Dame-Cal games, there were still seats, empty seats in in, in the Sprint Center at that point. So to call that a semi-home and to call those neutral, to actually sort of, I don't know, downgrade those first two and then or I'm sorry, downgrade the neutral sites and then upgrade those first two. I'm not sure how much sense that makes because, again, I think Missouri actually had a way better home court advantage by that point in the season in March and, of course, going for that Big 12 tournament championship, which they would ultimately get, as we know. So thanks for joining me once again for this trip down Recollection Boulevard. And until next time, I'm John Miller. And this has been Locked on the Zoo.